Mark chapter 13. Now, if I were to give this chapter kind of a, a heading and, and something to think about or a theme throughout it, it would be to open your eyes, you know, watch out, because that's what Jesus is going to be talking about. Kind of pay attention to the things around us. Now, let me explain what all we're, we're going to be looking at uh, whenever it talks about opening your eyes and watching out and, and paying attention. You know, where is our focus? Now, to that, we actually need to back up into the previous chapter, okay? And I want to remind you of some of these things we covered last week. You know, the last part of Mark chapter 12, we see in verse 38 that Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. And, and why do they need to watch out for them? Well, they need to watch out for them uh, among several different reasons. One of them is found in verse 40. They devour widows' houses. And then we saw that widow who in verse 42 a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. And she, she gave that offering to God. Well, I said that I can't help but think that that poor widow is one of those widows whose houses and possessions and, and everything got devoured by these, these teachers of the law. Their focus was not right. The religious leaders of Jesus' day, their focus was not right. But you know what we also find in this chapter here in Mark 13 is that even the disciples uh, of Jesus, they didn't always have their focus right either. So we need to really pay attention. Where is our focus? What is our focus being put on? Mark chapter 13, verses one through four. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Now, let's, let's pause there. By the way, throughout this entire chapter, this is what we're going to be looking at, okay? We're, we're seeing this Jesus expanding on what he's talking about here. So his own disciples they look at this temple and they say, what massive stones, what a magnificent building or what magnificent buildings, actually, because it was more than just, you know, one building, more than just one thing there at the Temple Mount. And from everything that I've read and, and looked at and all, you know, of course, uh, to this day, um, the, the temple is not standing. OK, but uh, what we do see, uh, in fact, actually, Jesus kind of talked about how not one stone is going to be left on another. So, yeah, we can't look back and we can't really see it. We don't even have pictures of what it looked like. But we do have this idea and, and we have some different accounts of, of people describing it. And from what I understand of just how impressive it was, uh, it really was like, if not the largest, it was definitely one of the largest temples of the ancient world of their day. Now, you know, part of that reason is you have the Jewish people, they only have one God. They only need one temple. You know, some of these other people, they had so many different gods that they worshiped that they, they would set up a temple for this God or that God, and, and they had them all around. But in Israel, there was just one temple for this entire nation. Technically, I guess you could say there was one temple for the entire world. So when you think about that, it makes sense that it would have been magnificent. It makes sense that it would have been just a wonderful thing to see but they're focusing on the wrong thing. That's why Jesus said to them that in verse two, that not one stone here is gonna be left on another. He's saying that everything is gonna be destroyed. Why is it gonna be destroyed? 
because the nation of Israel has once again turned their back on God. And we see time and time again, whenever they turn their back on God, what God does is God takes a, a little bit of that, that security and that help that he has been providing to them. He takes that away. And in this case, what he allows to happen is he allows the temple to be destroyed. And Jesus knows that that's coming up. And he's telling them, if things continue as they are, which he knows actually at this point, it's already too late that, that the temple is going to be destroyed. That's why he says that. But you know what? Everything about these Jewish disciples who, who Jesus you know, has around him, I mean, they, they all were Jewish. Everything about their lives, it centered around this temple. And it had something to do with this, this temple here. So they want to know, like what verse 4 says, when will these things happen? They, they want to know when that it's going to be fulfilled and kind of how they can have a, a heads up about it. They want to know those things. You know, we kind of want to know some of those things too, don't we? Whenever we hear something kind of unusual for us or something that's going to change our lives, we want to know, well, when is this going to happen? You know, sometimes we think we don't really want to know, but when it's something like this, we want to know a little bit more. You know, what is Jesus talking about? What, what insider information does he have that the disciples don't have? And to that, he goes into great detail about when these things are going to happen. Yet, he doesn't exactly give a, a definite answer, though, too. But he does go into great detail. Let's look at those details together. Verses 5 through 8. Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. So what's Jesus' statement? The question was, when is the temple going to be destroyed? When are these things going to, to come about? And Jesus says, watch out. Make sure that no one deceives you. People are going to come. They're going to claim that they're Jesus. And guess what? People have come. Okay. We were 2,000 years removed from whenever Jesus said this. And people have come time and time again. You know, every so many years, there's somebody who comes and, and kind of claims to be some form of Jesus, I, I guess. You know, there's even people in our day who are claiming such things. Don't be deceived by that type of thing. And also, don't be too concerned. You know, don't be alarmed, like what verse 7 says. Whenever you hear about wars and rumors of wars, think about your own lifetime. Have you ever heard about any wars or rumors of wars? Okay, that is part of the life that we live in right now. Don't be too alarmed at that. Don't think that everything is just, you know, going to, going to come to an end whenever a war happens. Uh, now, you know, of course, they most certainly were, were kind of questioning some of those things whenever like World War II happened and World War I. Whenever those wars happen, it's a reason why we call them world wars. And there's also a reason why they refer to them as like, you know, great war. And they really thought that it was just that, that something big was happening in their life. And yes, it did change life for a great number of people. But it still didn't mean that the end of, of life as we know it was just, just right around the corner. Nation is going to rise up against nation, and they have been doing that. Kingdom has been rising up against another kingdom, that there's been all types of earthquakes and different famines, all different types of things. And Jesus says, don't be alarmed at that stuff. These are just the beginning of birth pains. In fact, what he tells the disciples is that their lives are going to get more difficult before they get better. 
And I know that's not always what we want to hear, but that's what the disciples, that, that's what they were being told. Verses 9 through 13, Jesus still speaking, he says, you must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. This passage, it tells them things are going to get rough, and things did. If you want to know about how rough it got and, and the types of situations that people found themselves in, read the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, you find out that, that the early church, they dealt with all sorts of things. And yes, there were people who were turning their backs on their, their own family members. That happened. And it all was because of some people had faith in Jesus Christ and other people didn't. Those who had faith and, and trusted in their faith in Jesus Christ, they were told, don't worry about all of these things, about what you're going to say and kind of how, how it's all going to go, because the Holy Spirit's going to guide them. And I think that we definitely still need to be relying upon the Holy Spirit today. And we need to recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Once again, I would say, read the book of Acts and you will find the Holy Spirit working on every single page of that book. And I think that we also need to open our eyes to what we see in our lives around us and see the Holy Spirit is still doing things in our world today. Things can get bad, okay? There've been some times whenever really things have gone pretty well for Christianity, but there's been a lot of times that it's not gone so well. In fact, there's still many countries in, uh, today that are struggling uh, to, to be able to worship God in the way that they, they see fit and they think is pleasing before God. And you know, sometimes, sometimes it's from uh, their own governments, and sometimes it's from people who are, you know, just just have a problem with what they believe. But the gospel is still supposed to be preached to all nations, and that's what is going to happen. That's what Jesus is saying right here. And you know, we we live in a time whenever the gospel message has has been and is being proclaimed throughout the world, and that that's wonderful to be able to live in the time in which we are. And to be able to see some of the things that, that we can see. I know sometimes we might look just kind of around us and, and we, might, we might kind of be a, a little negative. But I mean, at the same time, we need to realize, like, on the broad sense, the broad scale, there are so many Christians around the world. Maybe things are, are spreading and going well in your area. Maybe they're not. But whatever the case, the gospel message is still being preached throughout the world. It still needs to be preached throughout the world. Jesus told them, be on your guard. You know, watch out. Pay attention to these things. Pay attention whenever people are going uh, to, uh, to try to deceive you and to make you think that, that they are Jesus. He says that, that that's not how the return of Christ is going to happen. And now keep in mind, this is Jesus's answer to the question, at least as, as Mark records it. The question was, when is the temple going to be destroyed? You know, when he, Jesus said that not one stone will be left on another. And so the disciples said, tell us when will these things happen? That's what they want to know. And this is what Jesus gets into. He gets into a lot more than what they were really kind of expecting. 
But yet it's so important to keep all of these things in mind because all of these are dealing with what God is going to be doing. Now, you know, from, from the perspective of Jesus, it was something that was going to happen in the future. Now, from our perspective, many of these things that he's saying to them and many of these things that he's warning them, they've already taken place. Now, many of them continue to take place even in our day, but many of these things have already taken place. They happen shortly after, uh, after Jesus' uh, resurrection, actually. Um, let's see, because there's, there's even more details that, uh, that Jesus gives. Now, maybe a little bit more specifically to that question about the temple being destroyed. When's that going to happen? Verses 14 through 19. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this does not take place in winter because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. Now, this is kind of confusing language right here, but I think he's talking more and more about when the temple is going to be destroyed and when life as they know it is going to change forever. He says, when you see, quote, the abomination that causes desolation. Okay, let the reader understand. Okay, that's what that's a quote from, from the book of Daniel. And it's kind of confusing. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. But the abomination that causes desolation, I think if you look at the parallel account, and we're not going to turn here uh, at this time because I really want to keep our focus mainly on Mark's gospel. But if you look at the parallel passage in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 21, and you find whenever he starts talking about this abomination that causes desolation, what he connects that with is Gentile nations surrounding uh, Jerusalem, surrounding you know the temple and everything. And guess what? We know from history that that actually happened. The temple of Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD whenever these Gentile nations surrounded the city and they took over and they destroyed it. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a time that's going to be rough. And he says, whenever this time comes, you don't need to go get your stuff. You just need to get out. You need to go away because you need to, to stay safe during this time. So he's given them a warning. Things are going to get rough. Whenever they get really rough right this, he says, go take, take shelter. Find shelter somewhere else because it's not going to be good to be in the city at this time. It's going to be a days of distress. And it was. When you start reading any of the, the ancient records about that, and Josephus comes to my mind, but when you read about what it was like whenever the temple was destroyed and whenever Jerusalem was destroyed, it was horrible. It, it was unimaginable uh, what people you know were doing and, and all the, the destruction. But what we see is that, uh, that Jesus is talking about that time. And all of that happened because they lost their focus. They stopped paying attention to the things of God. And they, their temple was taken away from them. And God allowed those things to happen. God allowed those things to happen because God was doing something different in their midst. And, and they, didn't, they didn't accept it. They didn't accept Jesus. They ended up crucifying him. But Jesus is talking about that time. And he's saying it is going to be rough. It's going to get bad, but he says all along this, this way that there is still hope. In fact, 
the fact that he is telling them in advance that these things are going to happen, that can give them hope because, look, Jesus knows this is going to happen, and he's helping to prepare his disciples for the time whenever it will. There's still more about this, though. Verses 20 through 25. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So be on your guard. I've told you everything ahead of time. But in those days following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Now, this passage right here, whenever we see that, that uh, this, we see a bit of hope. We see that the Lord is always still in control, even though it will get bad. And I mean, Jesus tells him it's going to get bad. We still know that the Lord is in control. He does court, cut short those days. And he does that because, so, so the elect, um, so they can survive. He does that. And that's kind of an interesting thought because even in this time that ever he, he's allowing uh, the, the other, uh, the, the Romans in this case, or the Gentiles to come in and, and destroy uh, the nation of Israel, he is still showing mercy in that. And I think that's important to learn about our God, that he still shows mercy in those instances. Time and time again, what Jesus is telling them is, don't believe this. Don't be deceived by these false uh, claims and all. He's saying, he's giving them so many heads up, telling them people are going to be saying a lot of things. Listen to what Jesus has already said. And, you know, I think that's also important for us today because a lot of times these passages, and in fact, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of people who um, are, you know, well-meaning uh, students of, of the Bible. Uh, that they will explain this chapter very differently than what I am right now. And they might have very lengthy explanations for, for when these things are going to happen, maybe even in the future is what they think. I, I think that all these things, uh, just about all of them at least, have already happened, or they kind of are something that's a little bit of a cycle that it kind of continues to happen. And there's some of these things that, uh, that I most certainly believe are, has already happened, like that abomination that causes desolation. I think that already did happen in 70 AD whenever the temple was destroyed. We also see some images here. We see once again the reminder about being on your guard. So whenever we hear people explaining these passages and you know, uh, as, as we listen to those things, we need to be on our guard and we need to see, is what this person's saying, does it really fit with what the rest of the scripture says? Does it even fit with what Jesus himself is saying? Um, and, and there might even be some, some things that, uh, that I'm going to, to say to you you know, in this video and in this study right now that, that I might kind of change a, a little bit about it um, in, in the future at some point. Uh, I, you know, I can't exactly tell uh, when those things are going to happen and all, and hopefully I will understand this passage better. It, it is confusing. I get that. But we most certainly get this idea that we need to have our eyes open. We need uh, to be on guard against all these different types of deception. Uh, and then we also see that that this is what Jesus says in verse 23. I told you everything ahead of time. He told them those things so that they would be ready. Then he uses this language that sounds, you know, pretty amazing. And, and uh, I also want to say this in verses 24 and 25. Before we start looking through uh, history books or maybe saying, well, you know, we haven't seen the sun going dark and the moon 
going dark and then these stars falling and, and everything. We, we haven't seen those in, in history. So how can I say that, that that deals with the the temple? Well, actually, what I would say to you is this language is being described right here. It, it's kind of language that is oftentimes described as something that is life changing. That's just going to to rattle your world, so to speak. Maybe that's a little bit of a of a parallel that makes sense. Whenever I say that something's going to rattle your world or rock your world or shake your world up, something like that, you understand what I mean by that. You don't think that it's necessarily going to actually create an earthquake. And so right here, whenever whenever Jesus is talking about this and whenever the prophets talk about that, that doesn't always mean that they are expecting you to see these things. Now, sometimes you do, okay? Um, like whenever Jesus actually, uh, whenever he was crucified around that time, it was talking about uh, the, the moon turning blood and stuff like that. I, you know, actually those, those things, uh, you know, they, they did actually happen in the darkness and, and things like that. So sometimes they do happen like that. But sometimes these are also uh, statements that are being made that is saying their world and everything about it, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything that you think is so foundational, like so, so much just steadfast and is not going to move. Everything about it is going to be different. That's the thing that Jesus is telling them, that they needed to recognize that their world is going to change after this moment. Whenever the temple is destroyed, their world did change. Whether they were a Jew or whether they were uh, a Gentile or if they were a Christian, their world still was going to change. There's still more in this chapter, though. Verses 26 through 31 now. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs gets tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now, this passage here in, in verse 30 is why I believe that this is talking about the, the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And, and really, just about all of these things uh, did happen in 70 AD. Because he says, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. And I think what he's saying is those people who are listening to him, who are listening to him preach right then and there, they weren't going to die. At least they're not, not the entire generation, maybe some individuals, but not the entire generation before these things are going to be fulfilled. And guess what? If Jesus is preaching around 30 AD ish, give or take a little, and the destruction of the temple happens in 70 AD, then that's 40 years. Yeah, that generation did not pass away until these things happened. I think it all fits in what, what's going on here. And, and then uh, we see this, uh, this language here also about the fig tree. That fig tree is, is kind of saying that, you know, look, when you start looking at a fig tree and starting to see that the leaves are coming out, you can kind of tell that the time is near. You can't always tell the exact time, but you can tell the time is near. You kind of probably know it uh, around you know, the own place, your own place of where you live. You know, whenever you start to see certain flowers bloom or certain things happen or, or the leaves falling, you know, you know that things are changing. And that's kind of the image that Jesus is bringing up right here. He's trying to get them to see that things will be changing. And there will be a time whenever 
God's judgment is going to be brought upon the nation of Israel because they rejected Jesus as their Messiah. That At that time, uh, the Lord is going to come and is going to pronounce judgment. And he did pronounce judgment. And I believe what we see with that judgment was that their city and their temple was destroyed in 70 AD. That's what we see whenever we see kind of a what would be described in the Old Testament as a, a day of the Lord taking place at this time. We see that, that God is coming and he's allowing these things to happen. But we also see something else about it. it it's kind of interesting to me because we can kind of know some things about it. And, and Jesus goes into great detail about when these things are going to happen. But yet at the same time, he doesn't answer it with exactly. He uses this example of a fig tree. He says, you can kind of know something about the seasons. Maybe not exactly, but you know something about it. Then he follows up all of this, with this next passage. Verses 32 through 37. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So in this passage, what I believe that we are seeing is kind of two things being described right here. We are seeing this destruction of the temple. Remember, that's what that's the question that Jesus is answering right here. But he's saying about that day or that hour, nobody knows. Well, what we see is that was a time whenever judgment was being brought upon a nation, a, a group of people. But then there's also a time in the future, a judgment day, the day of the Lord. You know, whenever we kind of talk about the day of the Lord or judgment day, that tends to be the, the day that we're referring to, this future day, whenever all nations are going to be brought under God's judgment and all people are going to be judged. Well, he says that you need to be on your guard because we don't know when that's going to happen. You know, so many times people didn't know whenever God was going to be uh, pronouncing his judgment. He gave them a heads up. He told them things were going to happen. Just like with Jesus, he was telling this nation what was going to happen in the future. But yet they didn't know exactly when it was going to take place. They had an idea, but not exactly. Well, we know that the Lord is going to return. And we know that, that all of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of God. But when that's going to happen, we, we don't know exactly. You know, but we do know that it will happen at some point. That's why Jesus, as he so oftentimes has said, you know, be on your guard, stay awake, don't let him find you sleeping. And then that's what he says. I, I love these last two verses, and I think it's wonderful to, to think about this, about being ready for when the Lord returns. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. We need to be people who watch. We need to be people who open up our eyes and see what God is doing, pay attention, and make sure that we live the way that is pleasing and acceptable to God. We need to make sure that we always follow Jesus Christ with every single day that the good Lord chooses to give us. Let's do that.